0: fish amen praise God teaching us to fish Um, I I was thinking about this um, as God was ministering to me in situations where people feel like God doesn't answer their prayers fast enough or uh, people sometimes are reluctant to even trust God with certain things you know there are certain things you can just get up and do automatically And then there are things that you can do with the grace of God. And I I believe that that as you walk by faith, you begin to trust God more for his grace uh, to accomplish everything that you need to do in life. And and really, uh, as we walk with God, we begin to understand that there are two ways to accomplish life. Uh, We can accomplish life uh, through uh, the mercy of God and through the grace of God. Or we can accomplish life the hard way, uh, thinking that our way is going to get it done faster, better, uh, anything like that. And so I I felt it would be good to, let's just talk and think about some of these things um, so that we can get a little more at peace about the life of faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. If you're a justified person. You've been acquitted of all of your sins and all of your misdeeds, and you put your trust in God, then the life of faith should be easy for you. I was listening to Bridget, uh, minister, this morning, and, and I was thinking, I said, man, she gets better and better. She and Nola both, they get better and better every time. Pretty soon, I won't have to come out here and say nothing. Amen. Take the offering and go home amen praise the lord but anyway amen but but you know the life of faith is just like that just trusting god continuing to sow seed continue to live the life of faith not just sowing your money but giving your heart over to god so you can be used to do great things in god so we're going to talk about a little bit and and what what god really is teaching us as we walk with him and then you make the evaluation is it valuable more valuable to you to live god's way or do you just want god to come in in case of emergencies or or little things like that that you might need you run short and then you pray you know you, you start to uh, suffer loss in some way and then you cry out to god uh and and god listen god doesn't care as long as you ask him you know what i'm saying I, i'm i'm a firm believer in that Uh, because God will answer a sincere crying out to him. Uh, You know, there are many people that that, uh, suffer in great tragedies, and and sometimes that's the first time they think about God. Well, at least they thought about him. You understand what I'm saying? And let God take it from there. So uh, there's a proverb that we all know. It says, give a man a fish he eats for a day. But if you teach a man to fish... He will eat for a whole lifetime. Amen. Uh, and, and I believe it's biblical. Uh, the uh, the uh, uh, rabbi uh, Maymon, who was a rabbi, uh, he was probably one of the leading teachers of the Torah during the Middle Ages, uh, started that proverb or he, he wrote that proverb down. And it was a, um, and if you think about the Jewish people, you can see that there are great people in teaching each generation how to live successfully in the earth. You know, that, that's just something that's handed down. It's a cultural thing. Uh, it's a spiritual thing. But it's something they diligently teach one another. And so if, if anybody would be a, a person that you could rely on for any kind of wisdom, it would be someone who is skilled in understanding the Proverbs and the Scriptures. So a parable, we know, is a saying that teaches wisdom. We want to have wisdom taught. So this is why we have parables. They kind of paraphrase a larger concept. So this parable leaves us with the understanding uh, that wisdom uh, is related to not making a person dependent, but upon making a person self-sufficient so i'll use the word self-sufficient but also you must know that we are god sufficient if we are believers because learning to fish is something that god teaches every single believer amen your goal is to learn how to fish now what do we mean by that well the this this idea about fishing comes up in the bible quite a bit in fact in the new testament it's kind of like one of the cornerstone teachings of jesus he called the disciples away from natural fishing and he tells them i'm going to teach you how to catch men and so we see there is an analogy between the natural fishing and the spiritual fishing it's so important that these disciples were some of the first people that he called. Now, if you think Jesus talked about money 60% of the time, like some people were trying to teach you that that's what the Bible's about, you're mistaken. Because if he money were that important, he'd have called the tax collector first. And he wouldn't have given the money, the treasury of his ministry over to a thief. So he plainly tells us, isn't your life about more than what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear? He said, if that's all your life is about, you might as well leave me right here because that's what the heathen... So, really, the more you're concerned about those things, the more you reveal the heathen inside of you. Not throwing no shade. But if you feel it, repent. (laughs) Just repent. Amen. Because we we get caught up in certain concepts and ideas as a people. Now, listen, God has made his people rich since he's been on the earth. There have been rich Jews, rich Christians, rich kings, rich prophets. He's made people wealthy forever. But he's not looking at that and neither should the wealthy. The people who's really made rich, they're not looking at that because they know for one thing they didn't bring it with them and they can't take it out of here when they go. And so we have to understand that there is something going on here on this earth much more important Then riches, natural things, how we live, what we wear, what we drive, how expensive it is, how great it is, all of those things, we have to understand there's something else here. And so the parable about fishing men, trading in your natural occupation as a gatherer or as a fisherman for a spiritual fishing is central to the gospel. Everything that you do is an occupation, whether it's fishing or not fishing. That's just an example that's used. And whether it is, it, there is a higher realm to go in when you devote it over into the realm of the spiritual. When you commit these things to God, allow Him to show you what He wants uh, you to understand and what He wants you to learn. Then those things will happen uh, a lot better, and you'll be. You, it, it'll it'll give you a life. Of God dependency, but great independence from man. It'll give you, a, and this is what God wants. He wants us to be free to serve Him and obey Him and not listen to the dictates of a government, of a, uh, an oppressive person in your life, of somebody that is trying to get control over you through supply. You got me? Uh, he wants us to be totally independent of those things. So this uh, implies that by merely feeding a person, we handicap them and do not allow them to develop to their full potential. This is why you fight with your kids to make them get up and go take out the garbage when they want to sit and watch television instead. Amen? So this whole concept of teaching us how to fish, how to gather, How to obtain through our own strength and our own abilities is a central concept in life, period. I mean, these things must be uh, attained. They must be transferred from one generation to the next, or your offspring will fall prey to control over whoever they are depending upon for the supply. And so when that happens, then people are held captive. They're not free to worship God. They're not free to serve God. All of your freedom is diminished because you have given over your, your ability to maintain life to somebody else. So in uh, Luke chapter 5, I want to, you to see what God's standard is as far as fishing is concerned. In Luke chapter 5, we see what we always refer to as the miracle catch, right? And we saw where Jesus was preaching in the, you know, the two of the disciples, Peter, was standing by the lake and and he, he had fished all night. They hadn't caught anything, went clean their nets and had put away their work implements for the day. So the thing that they used to make a living was left idle. This is where we all, this is where God finds all of us. What we have to sustain us is left idle. That's how you, he reveals your need for him. You got me? It's not producing for you. Your best efforts are not getting you anywhere. You, or you have everything you need in life and you still feel empty. You know, you know how that is. So here comes Jesus to fill that gap for us. And let us know that there is more to life. So he tells Peter to go out uh, and and, uh, uh, he finished speaking, verse 4, and said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon said, Master, we worked hard all night. In other words, I have put forth my own effort. This is why God needs to teach us to fish. See, We put forth our own efforts and we catch nothing. Amen. You know, you get all the nice makeup on and a little tight girdle and a little short dress, and you still can't catch a man. Wake up, y'all. Come on here. Jeez. We toiled all night. Huh? That's true. Is it, is it you know, the the bar is closed. Huh? Oh, the girls always get prettier at closing time. But <laughs> you still ain't got nobody asking you. To. Nobody bought you a drink all night long. Y'all know the whole deal. Hmm. I guess I'll go to church in the morning. It's the best decision you ever make. Huh? <laughs> Might as well. So Simon said we put forth our best effort and have caught nothing so he says but nevertheless at your word i like that you know what that always reminds me of the anointing when it's in the atmosphere you can protest all you want to but you'll wind up caving in and obeying what the anointing dictates that you do every single time i love it and so he caves in he decides to go out and so he he casts his net. And the thing God wants me to let you know is that when he gets involved, if you will obey him, when you start to when he starts teaching you how to fish, you're not casting a line on a pole and getting a single fish. You are putting out a wide net. There is no single fishing with God. There's always the net. That's all you use when God is involved in your life. So every time you you put forth effort, you pull back a miracle catch. Every time you obey God and go where he tells you to go and do how he tells you to do, you pull in a miracle catch. He is not interested in small fish. He wants you to have enough forever. So we are not ordained to catch a single fish but a wide net. It includes many varieties in our harvest we feed ourselves and others that's what he wants he wants he is the god of great supply he wants his people to be capable of pulling in great supply that's why the kingdom law is given to us and it includes all of humanity number one and net does not discriminate whatever you pull in is what god wants you to have amen and, and you have to sort it out accordingly you understand what I'm saying so catch what God puts in your net and then you pull it in and ask God how do I sort this out how do I distribute it who do I give it to how do I how do I give it to things like uh, you know uh, uh, Chanel recently received an inheritance she didn't just do what she wanted with it she sought god as to how to distribute things you got me you have to do that when when god gives you a wide net and it falls into your hands you have to seek him for how to disperse what it is that he puts under your control so the net does not discriminate you receive whatever god sends your way and what you pull in what your harvest is from your net is only limited by the amount of spiritual strength that you wield so when when peter couldn't pull it all in himself he called for his partners and they had another boat and they pulled up enough to fill up two boats full so what's underneath the surface in other words is far greater than you can ever imagine In other words, what you think you need, your personal needs. You ask God to bless you with this or with that. And when that blessing comes, look for more in there than you ask for, exceeding abundantly beyond all you can ask or think. Because what you ask for is only what you think you need or what you think you see that's out there for you personally. But understand, there's a kingdom principle at work that says God is filling up your net so that you are retrieving on behalf of humanity for things down here on the earth. So there will always be plenty in God's house. There will always be more. But we have to expect God to do these things. We have to understand that we are here as ambassadors for him And for his kingdom. And that in teaching us to fish, he not only has our needs in mind, he has the needs of all of humanity in mind as well. You have to think like that. You must. He is trying to expand our thinking to include the whole world. Anybody else in the world that he wants to bless. So uh, instead of handicapping us by just giving us the things that we desire... God turns it around and begins to teach us how to fish, how to fish people, how to fish for supply, how to fish for commerce and merchandise, how to fish for enormous things. God wants his people to be able to provide employment for others. You see that in the miracle catch. Peter got his his wish, but also his partners were able to share in what it is that he had. So God's wisdom is to train us to think kingdom thoughts. We must always think beyond our four walls, beyond our family, beyond our needs. When you're in his kingdom, you're always going to have excess. You will always have abundance. It may not be abundance of what you think you want, but you're going to have a lot of stuff. You got me? You're always going to have a lot of stuff. I can remember uh, as a, a, a teenager and preteen growing up. I didn't have many clothes in my closet. Today my closet is bulging. I can't give it away fast enough to keep it thin. I can't even push the clothes back in the rack, you know. And it, and you know, it, it's a walk walk in. I ain't never been to the back. I don't know what's back there. You know, it could be a whole could be a whole little family living back there. I would know. You understand? Well, I ain't gonna make it back there. You know how that is. Or the hamper, you only wash so many clothes in the hamper, and you look at that stuff in the bottom and say, what is that? I don't even know. you will know, never get to the bottom of the hamper. Well, it's like that. That's the life of abundance. I don't care what it is. God is going to give you abundance in all things. And and if you think your faith from childhood is not working now, <laughs> it's still at work. Because I remember, uh, and now, it... Men, you you can blush if you want to, but you know how, if you've been married, you know how this is. I used to, I used to when I was a, a little preteen, uh, you know the panties that had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Saturday. Well, I got 365 years of, because I got a whole drawer up to the brim and have to fight to push stuff. You see how it multiplies, and, you know, and I ain't collecting them, but you know what I'm saying. It's, this is all like buy and come in and put it in there. And and you know things like that will increase on you, when when it, it comes from a source of longing and desire, even if it's an old longing. You got me. That's why my refrigerators and freezers stay full. It's not just one refrigerator, one freezer. It's multiple. I got freezers in Cleveland, Detroit, huh? Pittsburgh, PA. Huh? you know what i'm saying it it just it's like that that faith is still pulling you understand what i'm saying even though i'm in another kingdom it's still there's evidence there that god is still answering that prayer he can't deny himself he's in that and so when he is teaching us to fish he is telling us not only is this going to be a natural thing in other words if you are are having a natural need and desire there is a spiritual component to it so always look that god is going to be satisfying some spiritual craving or spiritual hunger at the same time he is meeting a natural need amen and so when you when you understand that you'll be able to settle in and relax in what god's doing so in wanting God to give us fish, we really just want an answer to our prayer. And oftentimes, we want answers to prayer. I tell you, people want answers to prayer for different reasons. And, and I understand this because I've, I've waited for God to do things. And and I can tell you that sometimes you want it because you feel like it's a desperation thing. Like, you know, you got to pay a bill or you've got to uh, come up with some cash, or you've got to come up with an answer, or you're sick, or you're hurting, or something like that. Those are immediate needs. Well, I've come to find out that God has already supplied those by the blood of the cross so that I can rest comfortably. Now, I didn't always. I wasn't always assured, but from going and and getting in a panic so many times, and look around, I'm still here you know i didn't go anywhere it didn't kill me etc etc i know god will answer those things so those immediate natural needs you can just assume that that supply is there somewhere so you can just say confidently god please lead me to the source of my supply because he will supply all of your needs instead of just being nervous not sure Pleading, begging, what do I need to do? What did I do wrong? All of that harangue that we go through. We can, if we live by faith and we know we're justified people, we can confidently say, God is my helper. Amen. And I know he has the provision here for me. If he doesn't have it where I can see it, he will make it for me. If it's that tough to get, he'll, he'll find a source and a supply for me. So when, when we move beyond getting in a panic about every little thing and, and then we start to live by faith a little bit more, we begin to understand that God is up to a whole lot more down here than what is pertaining to me and my little world and what might be lacking, what be, might be missing at one time or another. And so God wants us to understand that we can have prayers answered in an effortless fashion, on time and with abundance if we will submit ourselves to letting him teach us how to fish all we have to do we sometimes we think is sit back and wait for what we ask for to show up but there's much more to the life of faith than just sitting and waiting for a prayer to be answered there's a life of faith to be lived on a day-to-day basis and it's not just a distraction from being nervous about what you don't have it's not just filling up time but the life he has us live is purposeful it's meaningful and it it bears great fruit down here in this earth and so when you perceive a lack in your life you you need to understand that is not really lack but it's god getting your attention for something else bigger that he wants you to get involved in it's like a a signal it's like a call it's like a an alert that god needs you to do something not that there's something going wrong in your life so hopefully that takes the panic out of you because it sure helps take the panic out of me when i see things you know sometimes you can look up and everything's gone haywire at one time but god God's in it somewhere and God wants you involved in it so he can bring it to a good conclusion and a good res- resolution. So when by teaching us to fish, we learn to live for God instead of for things, for ourselves, for needs, even for your family, for your job, for your, whatever it is that you're hanging all your your uh, you know, your penny your hopes on or or getting consumed, got your time consumed with it. Uh, god god wants you to know you're living for more than that you're living for kingdom he ensures us amen that when when we learn to fish for him he ensures us that we will properly manage the earth and our daily lives remember genesis 1 he created us and gave us dominion over the earth we gave it back to the devil, and it's been going haywire ever since. But because of Jesus Christ and what he has brought to us, we now can get back to what God originally planned for the earth, and that's where the Christian gets involved. He can't use, he can use worldly people, but only to a certain extent. There are certain things in this earth that need to be done that only the Christian can do. Because God has to get involved in these things big time. I was listening, I was looking at the, you know, the hurricane season, you know, and all of this stuff. You know, people in the world are a little deranged. Because you can listen to these forecasters and think to yourself, man, it's like they want to see this stuff happen. huh? There's faith on what they say. And you got to look at this and you say, now listen, God, these people are calling it here. We need to push it back. You see what I'm saying? When you get involved. And see, if you don't get involved with your stop action on some of these things, you'll find yourself getting caught up in it too and expecting it too. And then he's got the faith of his kids working against peace, harmony, and safety. You understand what I'm saying? So it's easy to get involved on the wrong side, but we do carry supernatural faith on the inside of us. So we have to be careful what we get involved in, what we say give agreement to, what we, uh, how we respond to the information that comes to us. You notice, who, who is this last chick they had coming this past weekend, hurricane-wise? got downgraded nate see they moving on up the alphabet now, last time we was at m uh, irma what happened to okay we had i for irma what j k l, l, l j k l what happened to them they didn't show up right so your faith not only held what's her name back but it held back all her little brothers and sisters that was right behind her you see what i'm saying And so we have to understand that we have supernatural, and see, that's what God means when he says, teaching us how to fish. We're trying to gather souls up for him and preserve those lives so that God can have his will in their lives. Some of them aren't saved. They need to hear the gospel and respond to it so that they can, can, you know, escape eternal destruction. So all of this while all of these things are going on and you've got needs in your life god's up to something else he's teaching us how to live in his kingdom how to expand his kingdom how to be uh, able ambassadors of his kingdom so while you praying for you know you're some mean teacher that your kids ain't treating your kids right and you wonder well why they you don't go down that road please right, right. number one you don't know what your kids do behind your back so it's, that's a, that's that ought to be tops on the list you know when they, when they come in the, in there talking about this mean teacher you ought to go like, like that little boy did you see that I send you that picture of that little boy that's looking at that lady like he only like four years old he go huh right i mean you you got to inspect all of this stuff but that is not for you to, to put your do-rag on your head and take your wig off. I'm talking about the good wig. Right. And go up there and try to go for bad. You know what I'm saying? Setting all the metal detectors off at the front door and stuff. When you're a kingdom citizen, there's certain rules you got to follow. And certain rules you gotta follow. So God tells us to seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew eight thirty six. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, not yours. You don't have to do everything right. All you gotta do is obey the leading of the Holy Spirit. Keep a pure heart. I can tell you that 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 will take you a whole long way. You learn how to keep short accounts if if something offends you upsets you, you go to God, you let it go. you ask God to forgive you for holding on to it too long. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your anger don't you can't go to bed mad. you might not wake up, huh so you just you know i'm I'm just saying so you you go to bed, wake up with a uh, good relationship with god go to bed with a good re- and don't don't raise hell from seven in the morning till midnight you know what i'm saying come on now how about christian i can tell by the foam on your mouth my goodness so let's just chill and be kingdom people god wants to his kingdom is, is so vast and so wide he wants to bring it to bear down here on earth he wants things down here on earth to be just like they are in heaven he really does and so when god tells us to seek his kingdom just seek to be right with me seek to find out what i want you to do invest yourself heavily in me and everything else will be added to you everything else will be added to you he says, he gives us dominion. I said that in Genesis 1. He gave us dominion. We still have it. He, it, he had to turn the power down because of iniquity. huh? Adam used to, everything he would thought, think or say would happen. You know what I'm saying? And he, he knew in his mind when he wanted to happen. And it was timed perfectly so that things went well on the earth. When he obeyed, when they obeyed Satan and iniquity came into man, God had to turn the power way down. It's called a curse. Which means that we all say stupid things. If we were saying them with, with full power, they'd be happening all over the place. Huh? You couldn't even go outside your house because you didn't know if your neighbors blew it up with their words huh? your children are still children because they're not stupid turkey, idiot all the things that we may call them in a moment of anger or think to say about them your husband don't bark because the powers turn way down got me? So God is turning the power back up through the new birth. Gradually increasing the power on our faith and on our words. So this will give you a reason why sometimes your prayers take a while to come to pass. When you first pray that prayer, you kind of trying to figure out what you want. Second time you pray it. You understand a little, you get a little more confident in it. The third time you go to God about it, you have a little bit more confidence in it. That's because your faith is growing. He tells us how to get your faith to grow. He said, plant it. And don't dig it up by cursing your efforts, cursing how long it's taking. Worrying about whether or not God's really going to do it. Huh? You know how we can come out the prayer closet and get right in the flesh. Huh? We walk up and see something you don't like. And you start putting your faith in that. Start worrying about it. Getting fearful about it. Listen, if the devil had full sway in our lives, thank God for his, his protection over our souls, our minds. We think protection. Sometimes we just think from harm or physical but he protects your soul from damage. He's a lover of your soul. He's constantly uh, consoling us and helping us to understand that he's in charge and he loves us. And we're not out here by ourselves. Why well, I always got to pray for stuff and wait for stuff. You Just get your mind off of you. And start thanking God for what you do have. That's the kingdom way. You got me? that's the kingdom way that's living in the kingdom that's living close to god that's living with with such a connection to god that you don't doubt his purpose you don't doubt if he's going to provide for you your prayer should be god i really want this bad but if i don't get it help me to enjoy life without it you understand what's well, a quick so much about things and stuff and you know the devil is we get easy pray for the devil because all he does is Put something out there that God's already given us and pretend that you like he has power to not give it to us. You understand? Make us think God is not in it and he doesn't want us to be blessed and doesn't want us to prosper. And so quit going for that nonsense. Amen? Let your mind be filled with the goodness of God, the understanding. You know, and say to yourself, you know what, God, as much as I'd have screwed up, and you still love me, and you still have good plans for me, and you still have, you know, that's the right attitude for a Christian. Don't ever act like you're entitled to something. Because the wages of sin is still death. Amen? You've been gifted. You haven't earned eternal life. You've been gifted eternal life. So let's shape up around here and quit this nonsense. Always blaming God. Man, come in here with your lips poked out and don't want to do nothing just because huh if you looked at the real reason it's because of what you do you don't like what's in your life you got you to blame but i have a better i have a better solution instead of blaming yourself or anybody else seek ye first the kingdom find out what you're really here for just find out what you're really here for triple dog dare you now see i take your pulse because most of y'all your heart went up when i told you find out what you're really here for huh and got all, all panting some of you holding your breath hot flashes and broke out in the sweat all that kind of stuff Yeah, find out what you're really here for amen and get to getting get to doing it it's never too late there's the woman remember the lady we heard her testimony in lansing years ago she had been in church all her life died of cancer they had her in the morgue man Well, it wasn't quite yet. No, she wasn't in the morgue. They were prepping her to go down there. You know, when patients die, you have to wash them up and all that kind of stuff and prepare them for the toe tag. She's on her way. And she said she appeared before Jesus. She said, I knew when I died because I was immediately in the presence of the Lord. She said, and between him and me was a huge sifter. She said, and I saw everything I had done all my life go through that sifter, and fall through. So the only thing was left was a little orphan boy, that I had adopted many years ago. And I don't think he lived with her. She probably one of those, adopt a kid over somewhere and pay for him, you know, faithfully. She had done that. And she said, Lord, I worked in the church all my life. You mean to tell me nothing new? Huh? He said, have I not told you that what you do unto the least of them? Amen. A lot of churches, least of them don't even get to come in the door. Amen. It's okay. Huh? Amen. She begged the Lord for another chance. She was in her 60s at that time. And he told her, he said, okay, he said, I'm going to tell you what to do. She had spent her life doing what I see a lot of people on Facebook do, trying to convince people that you're called. If you called, answer. Don't be sitting up here on Facebook talking to people about it. Go do something. At that point, she said she had been, she was in her 80s, early 80s, and she had been to 60 countries of the world. Mm-hmm. Could have been to 40 times that many if she had started out. But the devil kept her deceived for years. Thinking she had to prove to church people yeah. <laughs> that she was called. <laughs> And, and you know, people still get stuck like that. I spoke with a a very godly woman, very powerful woman in God who started many churches recently. And she was saying that, that she was in a church in a denomination that told her women can't preach. She had started a church and asked her pastor to come and ask what he thought. And he just looked at her and shrugged. You got me? Stop trying to prove to people what you can do. And seek the kingdom. In his way of doing things, and things will be added to you. They will be added to you. So, God's trying to, when you're, he's teaching you to fish, he's teaching you not to pursue things. But he says, Come to me, and I will teach you how to catch. And I'll give you a wide net. You don't have to worry about, you know, people worry about numbers. When is my ministry going to grow? When am I going to blow up? I don't know. But I know one thing. If you seek the kingdom, you'll be okay with God. Got me? Be okay with God. So in teaching us to fish, God imparts wisdom and his character so that our dominion down here is in line with his will and his plan for us. God has a plan for everybody that gets into this earth. And it's getting harder and harder to get people into the earth. Did you know that? Abortion has made it very, very hard to get people into the earth. Some people. People who don't believe in abortion. Some religions that don't believe in it. They're multiplying at an alarming rate. But Christians are still caught up in whether or not they're pro-abortion or anti-abortion. If they would seek the kingdom and to be right with him... You wouldn't have all these questions. You know immediately what to do. So when he talks about fishing, he means having success in life. That means in the things God wants you to do and in the things that you desire to make your life enjoyable to you. So this is our occupation, to be successful at whatever you do. God says that everything you set your hand to will prosper and not fail. You know, the devil can get you so discouraged, you'll set your hand to anything. Huh? Don't ever let the enemy tie your hands through discouragement, through lack, poor judgment, whatever it is. Always. Every day you get up, you should be doing something for God, something for somebody. There should not a day pass. Amen. You can't do it. I know I I, I can remember... Uh, or i do it sometimes now i have days where i, I live in my pajamas <laughs> but i do something for god <laughs> see what i'm saying you can do something for god no matter where you are how you dress whatever i don't have to go and, and beg somebody to put me in a pulpit to work for god never have had to never have had to amen i can always he'll always direct me to do something for him i don't care where i am some of my best bestest ministry amen just comes on the street supermarket gas station wherever i am amen it's all for him i don't care where i what kind of platform it is are you kidding me i preach to coco you no know, it's we have us a good little time in there amen so god gives us our goals and our vision and our, our and it's based on our abilities. You need to know that. The, the parable of the talents tells us that. Don't don't try to give yourself a, a upgrade on your own. You got me. Just just work in your pay grade. You know what I'm saying? Until you get until you get a promotion. Just be content. You know, discontented people are. One day they upset because they don't have enough, and next day they're because there's too much to do. So, it, it, amen. Just always work to find contentment whatever state you're in. Amen. You know, if, if you're making bologna sandwiches at a shelter, make bologna sandwiches at a shelter. But do it as unto the Lord. That's something God has given you to do. Whoever is on the receiving end of that bologna sandwich is going to get a treat if a child of God gives it to them. Amen? Because they're going to know the touch of God in what you do. They don't do stuff disgruntled. Amen? Don't, don't think too highly of yourself. Because the next five minutes you'll be putting yourself down. So just don't mess with your head like that. Give your head a break. Amen? So God gives us goals and visions based on our ability. He knows your ability. You stick with where he puts you, you'll be fine. We get in trouble when we try to build ourselves up. We're going to blow up real fast and then fizzle out just as fast or never get off the ground and be just, you know, a legend in our own minds. You got me? Yeah. So our visions and our gifts not only determine our work or occupation, but they motivate us. Your gift actually has the power to motivate you to work from day to day. When you get up in the morning to go to your job, I can't stand this job. But you have an ability to accomplish something that is what is making you get up that day. Whether you like what you do or not. You're still gifted to do it if you Well, I'm just doing this until I don't care what you think about it. But it's still motivating you to get up and do what, what you do. And I'll tell you one thing that people don't understand about the gifts and the call of God. Everybody has one. I don't care if they're saved, not saved. Everybody has a gifting and a calling of God to do something to bless humanity. So your gift isn't just, I know the Bible says your gift will make room for you and put you in room with people in high places. I know all that stuff. But your gift will also bring you to people in low places, too. You need to know that. Amen. Because people in, in low places need the touch of God. Are you kidding me? So your gift is for wherever God places you and learn how to just move in your placement until, and be content where you are. I don't care if it's something everybody considers the worst job in America there's some man who made a tv show um uh, yeah worst job and he's he actually this man has uh testified before congress several times to encourage the government to get less in the business of financing college education and more in the business of of financing trades and occupations where people don't have to go academic to because people already are sick of the four-year game. You understand what I'm saying? Now it's a six, seven, and eight-year game where you can't even get a job. So let us we know we're being played. You understand what I'm saying? But if you seek God's will for you, you'll find out how he's going to train your gift, how he's going to bless your gift, and how he is going You'll understand yourself more when you start living for God and living in his kingdom. So... Our vision and our gifts not only determine our work or occupation, but they motivate us to learn. Proverbs 18, 16, we said your gift will make room for you and cause you to stand before people in high places. When you begin to train your gift, then your gift begins to drive your life. Your gift runs your life, folks you're not here just to do this and do that i'm just a this or i'm just but you're here if you obey god you will determine what your gift is you'll determine what your desires are and you'll determine your purpose all in one thing your gift is very much related to your purpose max out on what you're gifted to do and forget about what your neighbor does for a living or what they seem to have, amen, or what they get involved in and how many timeshares they got and how many, uh, you know, vacation homes they have and RVs and all that kind of stuff. Quit looking at what's parked in somebody's driveway and find out what's inside you. We have treasure in earthen vessels. You know what that means? That means that the vessel has to have some stretching and some molding before the treasure will come forth. Everybody got quiet. I don't like what that stretch do. What she talking about stretch? We still in church or we in the gym somewhere? Yeah, I'm talking about stretching. We'll stretch you and mold you. Gifts do better when they're free. They're free when God has control over them. Your gift will begin to drive your life. Your gift gets you up each morning. Hopefully, if you yield to God, you'll find that's true. Your gift gets you up each morning, causes you to invest time, energy, and money into perfecting your gift. Once developed, it will definitely make room for you and put you where God wants you to be. Not where you think you ought to be because you're so gifted. Huh? (laughs) Not in your wildest dreams. So our purpose is very much tied up in our gift if we're not taught to fish and maximize our potential we will only eat and not regularly you'll be dependent on somebody else for the fact that you can maintain your life god wants you to be totally self-sufficient from man but dependent upon him at the same time If you can get that together You'll understand the freedom there is to live for God. God, we will only be in poverty if we do not not reach our potential. And we will be dependent on others just for basic survival. You know, somebody always have to bail you out. you always be a little short this month. Huh? So we, we want to live in the freedom of having God's total provision at all times worst part of not perfecting your gift and letting God have it and develop it is that we deprive the world of the contribution our gift will make to humanity. You ever see people like like people in jail and prison and, and they can be they stand out because they're they have something about them. See that's that's the failure of not having God. I mean, they could get it right even in there. You understand what I'm saying? But you see people with great potential everywhere that don't live up to it. Um, It hurts me as a a pastor and a minister to watch people spend their lives chasing after something that they never attain and look at the great potential in that individual and they never let God develop it. See? Because I always think of what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to drink, what I'm going to wear. How am I gonna get this? What am I gonna do? How am I going to but if you would let God develop your gift, then that would be taken care of and you know it. It would be taken care of more by God, really, than than getting out there using that gift all the time. See, people people are funny, they're always trying to to attain things, but then there's fear in the back of their mind. You know? If you're living in the in more in the natural realm you you're fine as long as you have a job good job you can get a promotion but when that door seems to be closed what do you do you still content sometimes you're doing good and then you think boy suppose my health gives out so we always run into the doctor trying to take in our pulse, you know get our. you understand what i'm saying trying to keep all of that together well, if you give it over to God, you don't have to be concerned. All you've got to do is live every day for God. You don't worry about what's going to happen. Well, we got a, a house note, but we both got to work to, to take care of it. What would happen if one day, you understand what I'm saying? There's that. When you live in the world, there's that. If that's all you do is think about eat, drink, wear, eat, drink, wear. You don't have anything invested in the kingdom. The more you have invested in God, you have a knowledge. Honey, I don't care what happens to J-O-B. God is going to take care of me and mine. You understand what I'm saying? I don't fear what this natural realm has in store for me. It's taken care of. I was, I was uh, 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 when, when my husband passed away, I tell people this and they look at me like they don't believe me. But I, my income was cut 90%. I had an income 10% of what I had when he was alive. And I still had all the bills. I still had the house. I still had all of these things. And so I was thinking to myself, God, what do I do next? And he told me, he said, find that stockbroker that got fired. I said, huh? Because when he was, when Aubrey was still alive, we had our, he, he had investments with us through his job. You know, if you don't do that, you're not real smart because many of those places match what you give you can't you get double money are you kidding me and and when when they were stocks were earning a lot of money it was wonderful this was before the crash of 2008 remember that 2007 and so it was it was in 2002 when my husband passed away and I kept telling the Lord I said well those people at the the brokerage firm don't ask us about we can't tell you anything about him so the first thing my husband said well is my money still here (laughs) he was gonna stick a gun up somebody but you know that stuff is insured you know it's so heavily insured you have to worry about it it, because we were sitting in the office and and the guy had told us he doesn't work here anymore we've taken over your account and so Aubrey was getting you know how he would get we would blowing up and getting red and stuff like that and want to fight somebody and I kind of put my hand on him and he and so when the guy went out I said what are you mad about he said I want to know if my money's still here <laughs> he reaching his so anyway praise God it was still there but the broker wasn't and I was really shocked when God told me you see how you can't get invested in your own understanding and thinking And I didn't know where to call. I called the last number I had. Of course, it went to the the brokerage house. He wasn't there anymore. And I had to hire a private investigator to find this guy. See, most of y'all would have stopped at no phone number. See, I know the voice of God. When God says do something, you do it because it's important to do. When I found him, the, the investigator said, I think this is your guy. If it's not, not, I can look further. But this looks like your man. He didn't go far. (laughs) So he said, I said, well, I said, he's not, nah, he's not in jail. He's all right. He's living over here. And he was the same place he was living before when when we knew him the first time. But when I went to talk to him, he had no job, no office, no clients. I was it. I remind him of that sometimes. And he he'd get out the pocket or try to get out a joint or get snippy with me. i say, remember, I was, remember, I knew you when, win, buddy. They fired him because he had two DUIs. He said, the last time, he said, they arrested me, he said, and I sat in jail. He said, some guy sitting next to me had a Bible and, and threw it at me. He said, here, read this. He said, I read that Bible all night long. He said, and I realized that I had to turn my life over to God if I was going to get somewhere. And so he was trying to build his life back. And so, but not only that, but he's excellent. He was the only person I knew Aubrey really respected his judgment as far as those things go. Well, fast forward, I, I turned everything over to him and, you know, let him manage things. Fast forward 2008. All of these auto worker people who were invested in IRAs, 401ks, lost everything. Mr. Gary was telling me. He said, "I wish I knew how to get my money out of there." See, it's company investment. Company not gonna help you unless you go knock on their door and tell them. He lost. He lost a great sum of money. But mine was secure. Why? Because I seek the kingdom. I let God tell me what to do, even if it doesn't sound like the right thing to do in the natural. And that let me know, even though your income isn't what it used to be, you're not broke, you're not poor, you're not going to starve, and you're not starving because you have invested in me. You know kingdom rules and you live for kingdom. He said, God told me, he said, you keep doing what I tell you to do like you've always done. You don't have to change anything. Because you don't have a natural husband. I'm your husband. And so it took me a while to adjust, but I made the adjustment. In life, you're going to have a lot of adjustments to make because you don't call the shots. In this kingdom, you do not call the shots. And I'm so thankful he taught me, amen, how to make adjustments and transitions because life isn't going to be the way you want it to be all the time. It's not going to be predictable all the time. But if you trust God, you will be here and you will know your place here and you will prosper and you will flourish. So our purpose here is very much tied up in our gift. And don't ever think you're not replaceable. That doesn't mean. But you're important. You're important to God. Amen. So if we're not taught to fish to maximize our potential. We will only eat and not regularly. Amen. You'll be sporadic. You'll be worried about things. The worst part is we do deprive the world of our contribution of our gifts, so forth and so on. So God teaches us to fish using first principles. And the first one is to seek the kingdom in his righteous. seek to be right with God every day. And I mean, don't skip a day. Don't think you cool because you ain't cussed or you ain't done this or you ain't done that. Some of the stuff you ain't never done. (laughs) You know what I mean? So you can't take credit for it. But these things will be added to you if you will seek God's righteousness and righteous living and living the life of faith. That's the life of victory. Every day, trust in God. Every day, meditate on his word. Every day, seek to be stronger in your spirit in the things that God has put before you. And quit diddle-daddling and wasting time, complaining, upset, wondering, worrying fantasizing, daydreaming, stop it, get in your word. Your vision comes. Your vision is real, and it will come through God's word. So the life of faith definitely requires learning. you got to learn about God and about you. So you're living the life of faith. When you pray a prayer and you think you're waiting on the answer to prayer, you're not waiting on the answer to prayer. You're living the life of faith. So quit looking at yourself as waiting for this, waiting for that. Don't have this. Don't have that. You have a full life. Just go check in to where the happenings are. Faith always tells us we're going somewhere. It always gives us something to expect. It always gives us something to plan for. We can be frustrated or excited about it. I prefer to be excited about it. Amen. Amen. A godly attitude is part of our learning, and we find out that righteousness keeps us in a certain emotional health. See, righteousness will keep you from being easily upset, easily frustrated, disappointed, anger, whatever it is. Righteousness maintains your inner, your inner kingdom. You have a, a an atmosphere in you and around you of the fruit of god's spirit and in that atmosphere miracles happen answers to prayer come quickly you stay confident in god forever you understand what i'm saying you're not you're not upset by things you realize everything that happens to you is a yawn to god Huh? he's like let me tell you what to do all right just do this do that don't do nothing Huh? Go worship me so you'll feel better. He don't need our worship. If we don't do it, the rocks will cry out. So Something down here is going to worship him. When we have delayed answers to prayer, we need to understand <clears throat> that to draw from our inheritance, our inheritance as sons and daughters of God, if you don't think things are happening quickly enough to satisfy you in life remember who you are you have an inheritance so when you know you have an inheritance time is not a factor is it you make it one you let the devil hype you up about you know you be sitting there worshiping god mind your own business you know turn on the tv or something you hear a story on there yeah, God. Where's my so and so, and my such and such? You know what I'm saying? But if you have an inheritance, you don't get hyped up like that. You, you're at peace. I mean, seriously. You might go off the off the radar for a little bit, you know. And but even even with that, you're not that invested in it. When your faith is invested in God, you you don't hype yourself up artificially. You know what I'm saying? There's really nothing there if you're a Christian and you you live love god and you live for god there's nothing there really of any substance you ain't really worried about nothing you just doing that to perform huh <laughs> like uh john willis used to do hmm? john willis was a, a young man we were teenagers he'd go and drink some Boone' farm or some old crazy stuff like that and everybody, ooh, John Willis drunk, and we would head for the hills, everybody running the house. Could, he could clear out a neighborhood faster than the Popos, Seriously. John Willis would get out of control, and, you know, back in that day, you didn't call the police on on people in the neighborhood, in the hood, because you may not see them again. He, they straighten up real quick. They get in, get in the back of that wagon with all them bars. Woo! No, I'm I'm sober now. But I'm telling you, Aunt Rose was was bigger than the Popos. That was his mother, and she'd come out. She, John Willis, doing what? Or she was a she was a church woman too, and she get up there and start slapping his head. Who mama? Who mama? He was sober so quick, huh? he was just performing because he had an audience you got me don't be the devil's performer okay when stuff goes wrong don't perform like you got an audience somewhere all right turn to luke chapter 15 for me so in times of when you feel like you waiting on something miss tanya how much time do we have darling oh my goodness so uh this is a parable about the lost son y'all knew this one the prodigal son whatever we want to call him luke 15 and verse 11 there was a man that had two sons the one uh, younger one said to his father father give me my share of the estate my share listen before you start demanding stuff from god make sure you know what your share is I'm going to say it again. Before you start getting all upset and mad at God because he ain't giving you this and ain't doing that and ain't doing it fast enough. and You know, he don't love me. He ain't forgot about it. you. You different, right? He got all these kids all over the world forever and you're to stand out. Huh? Just quit making yourself stand out. This is one time you want to be average. You don't want to be exceptional. Amen. You just want to be an average kid in the father's house. And so uh, he said, give me my portion, my share of the inheritance, my estate. Not long after that, he got together all that he had, which probably wasn't much, set off for a distant country, and squandered his wealth and went in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. He went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country. Now, don't say he he did no kind of work when he was in daddy's house. So this might, working might be a first for him. That's why he's still starving. Just a thought. For you parents who like to spoil your kids and don't like to see them do much work and housework and stuff, just remember this one, okay? He can be out giving his best effort and still starve. So he says he longed to fill his stomachs with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything to eat. When you're broke, people don't want to be bothered with you. i tell you that for a fact. <laughs> so he, he he says how it came to his senses. In other words, poverty shocked him into a grim reality. But at least he came to his senses. Huh? You know, your kids leave, leave home and they get broke. Don't keep, you know, unless say God tells you to do it. Now, you don't enable people to keep being stupid. Let them get hungry. But well, they might go out and rob somebody. You can go visit them in jail. They let, they let, don't they still let visitors in? That's what I thought. Other people's kids go there. Now, I'm not prophesying anything. But they put themselves there sometimes. God can still work on them, get them out. You want them straight. You don't want them just free. You want them straight. He says, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I'm going to go to my father's house. I'm going to return. Let them be the ones to decide to return. God can, God will get them there. You keep begging them, come on back, you can do this, and you uh, you don't bribe your kids to stay nowhere. Yes, Amen. Let God handle them. Yes, he, he says, I'll go to him and say, now rehearsed how he's going to confess to his father. You know, sometimes this stuff is heartfelt, and sometimes it's just to get you back in the house. They said, oh, Father, I've sinned and against you. Uh, and i'm no longer worthy to be called your son make me like one of your hired servants so he got up went to his father but while he was still a long way off the father saw him i always like to think that long way off was when he was leaving See, you need to see your kids coming back to god i don't care where they go how long they've gone when they leave always see them coming back lord i thank you they're coming back to you Coming back to be servants of God. They won't forget their upbringing. And he says, I'm no longer worthy. So he got up and went to his father while he was a great way off. The father saw him, was filled with compassion for him. When they decide to return, that's when the compassion comes in. And you begin to reinstate them. Amen. And he said he threw his arms around his neck fell on his neck and kissed him. The son said to the father, Father, I've sinned against heaven against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father cut him off before he said, make his say, make me like one of the higher servants. He calls the servants back to serve him still. So you never lose anything when God reinstates you. You still have your inheritance intact. Now he had taken all of his. But the father gives him a ring, which is a symbol of covenant and a symbol of inheritance. Amen. Puts a ring on his finger. Kills a fatted calf. Throws him a party. The older brother, who had been faithful, got mad. Verse 26, I think it is. says The older brother came, became angry, refused to go to the party. That old fornicating brother of mine that took all the money. Oh mango. So the father looked at him and he says it. He says, spend all daddy's money up there. He says he says, comes home and you kill the fatted calf for him. You never gave me a party. He says, My son. You are always with me. Now if you're always with God. Hmm? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's you. If you're a kingdom seeker, this is you. You're always with him. And he says, everything that I have is yours. Your brother could only see what he had coming he said you stayed with me and that made you heir of everything so if you're still serving god you own everything everything that he ever ordained for your life is yours and then if you are faithful he will reward you with more that others won't be faithful over are you kidding me you gonna get upset about one answer to prayer if you're in God's kingdom, everything he has is yours. You have an inheritance. That's why you don't get upset if, if you think it's taking too long for this to happen or too long for that to happen. You're always with God and everything he has is yours. All you got to do is check in and understand, what what is the kingdom? It's righteousness, peace, joy, life in the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, no worries, no cares, knowing the abundance of God and everything is ordained for your life. Everything you need is taken care of. You have full provision. Your problem is you don't believe you're an heir. because you listen to the devil he keeps needling you about what you don't have that's like the dust of the little homemonger. son that's what he thought i'm gonna take mine now this old man he ain't gonna never get old and die so i can get it father doing good good to be alive he probably knows it that's why he he's here take it and go you be done killed me trying to get it
1: You understand me?
0: (laughs) Call wisdom. Huh? Let them take it and get on out of there. Huh? They feel they can do better, bigger, badder, and better than what you provided for them. Let them. (laughs) You know. You know. Thank you. Kids crack me up. Hey, you know, they get uh, uh high school and get around some of their little carnal, worldly friends. Yeah, I'm I'm getting on out of here. You know, my mom and my daddy, they're here they do this and here. Listen, your mama fed you when you couldn't feed yourself. Huh? <laughs> Stuck baby food back in your mouth when you only knew to spit it out. Now you don't trust them? with your life are you kidding me you done got grown and got a little high school sense which ain't much these days you see what they do in high school it ain't much huh it can't take you around to the corner store and back but all of a sudden now you know more than mom and dad you gonna get out there and show everybody i'm gonna get rich in five years huh Mom and daddy struggled, but they were serving God. struggling. See, there's a difference. They weren't out there serving the devil and almost let you starve. They were struggling because they were serving God, having to fight the devil for every penny that came in the house. You understand what I'm saying? And the struggle is worth it. You got me? It's worth it. It's well worth it. So if nothing else, look at that as an example of, oh, yeah, I know God provides. I know I can make it. Instead of uh, disdaining it. Always wanting to prove you can do better. Wanting this, wanting that. Amen. And so we have to understand that when we are with the Father, everything he has is ours. What do you care if it's taking a little time? And when you get this answer to prayer, where you think you're just going to quit praying and quit serving, it's going to be some more on your plate to pray for. You don't get out of this you're really putting the pressure on yourself god is not pressured about your answer to prayer he's up there there's no time in heaven he realizes he has time enough for everything to get done and you need to take on his attitude and slide right on in there amen and understand That your gift will make room for you. Your gift drives your life. And if you are faithful to God, your gift won't wreck your life. It will help your life. Amen. (laughs) Father, we thank you for your word, for understanding.